I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You are listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with Dr. Abby Metcalf. Change your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing. You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast, episode 10. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Relationships Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Abby Metcalf. I am, as always, so happy you chose to be here today. I am going to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is anger. Yes. I get a lot of calls, a lot of clients, a lot of everything, emails, <laughs> posts, you name it, about anger and how to deal with it. What do I do with it? And I, I want to, today I'm going to do a few things. One is I'm going to really divide for you, uh, separate out, define what anger is and what emotions you're mixing it up with, because you're mixing it up with some other emotions. And I want to really separate those out so you can really understand it better. And then two, I'm going to give you my all-time amazing, awesome, bestest uh, way, tool to deal with it. It is the bomb diggity. I use it myself. I've used it for years. My clients have used it. It's just a, such a great tool. It's so effective. I can't wait to share it with you today. And so let's dive right in. Uh, so, you know, anger is one of those things lots of people know about, but not everybody understands. There are so many misconceptions about what anger is and isn't. So like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to let you in on this big secret about anger that'll help you release your anger and feel calmer, more compassionate, and I think most importantly, in control. Uh, people talk about anger a lot in a way that they feel like they're not in control of their emotions and their and their head. And I'm gonna again give you an awesome tool today to turn that around. So, but before I jump in, let me start with a question first, and that is: Is anger a positive or a negative? emotion. 
I want you to think about that for a minute. What's the first thing that comes to your head? Even if you understand immediately in your head that this is a trick question, because it is, <laughs> uh, I want you to think about what you thought about first. And my guess is a lot of you thought of, that it was a negative emotion first. And if I'm going to go off when I ask this, at, you know, when I do presentations and I ask this question to audiences and when I have clients in, my, in front of me in the office, I can tell you that the majority of you listening right now thought of anger as a negative emotion. And the trick to that question is that Emotions aren't positive or negative. That's a the first big mistake we make with all this. If you think of them this way, you get yourself into trouble because, and you know, you'll try to chase the positive ones, you know, happiness, love, pleasure, and avoid the quote unquote negative ones, uh, anger, anxiety, sadness. So that's no good because then you end up doing things you shouldn't like drugs, alcohol, spending money, chasing relationships, you know, in your quest to have these good feelings and avoid the bad stuff. It's a yin and yang in the world as, as we know, right? You've got to have these other emotions that are harder and more difficult and more uncomfortable to really appreciate our comfort emotions. And getting through things, you know, each time that we push through and get better and overcome, we build resilience. And resilience is one of the most important characteristics you can have. You don't build resilience by never getting over anger, you know, by never being sad, by never whatever. You build it by overcoming. So it's really important to have these. Instead, of this other way of thinking with this positive and negative, I want you to think of emotions as either being healthy and moving you forward or unhealthy and keeping you stuck. This is how I think of emotions in my world. And there are times when, for example, being content can keep you stuck. Uh, You know, have you ever stayed in a relationship or job long past when you should have left because you were content? Exactly. So you might have previously viewed contentment as a positive emotion, but if it was keeping you stuck, then being content can be unhealthy. So I just want you to see that. In the same way, anger, to me, is actually a very healthy emotion. I I want you to really think about it. Anger is often very motivating. You know, like when you think your butt is too big, so you get pissed off at yourself and you go to the gym. Or if you're upset about the latest political campaign and it motivates you to start working the polls, and I'm laughing in my head, I'm realizing you might be, don't work the polls, P-O-L-E-S, I say work the polls, (laughs) P-O-L-L-S. Not sure that working the polls, P-O-L-E-S, is all that healthy, but uh, (laughs) I want you to think that through. Sorry, I digress. See, I get myself off on these little topics. Um, So anyway, you know, you might do something that really... It makes or something might happen in the universe that just makes you mad, makes you angry, and it spurs you to action. It spurs you to do something different. That, to me, very healthy emotion. That's a good thing. The problem is that a lot of people think they're experiencing anger, but what they're really experiencing is one of two other emotions, and that's either resentment or rage. And I find these to be unhealthy emotions pretty much all the time. I I can't think of too many opportunities uh, when they would be healthy. So resentment and rage. Let me just like take a minute and talk about both of these feelings before we continue on with anger. So let me take a minute to talk about uh, resentment. Resentment is really old anger. So I want you to think about when you, little kids who get angry, 
If you ever watch them on the playground, little boys are my favorite. They get angry the best because little boys are all in with their anger. (laughs) So they will uh, be very angry in a moment, you know, maybe beating the crap out of each other, two little boys. And then it's time to pick uh, teams for, you know, baseball or something. And if I was just beating the crap out of Jimmy, but Jimmy's the best player, I'll still pick him for my team. Because (laughs) little kids don't carry around baggage. That's the beautiful thing about little kids. Uh, They have an emotion, they feel it, they are all in, and then it's gone. I have a great story of when my... um, my oldest, my my son, Max, was he was little. He must have been in kindergarten or maybe first grade. So he kid's like five years old. And I we got we got in a big fight in the morning, because I can be that mature. Yes, I got a big fight with my five-year-old. And you know, there were tears and and not just not just mine. <laughs> he was crying too. We were crying. We were really upset. And I dropped him off at school and all day I'm thinking about this fight and how upset I was. And he was so upset when I left and, you know, he was so angry. He had to start a school day that way. I just felt like the worst mom ever in the history of moms. And all day I'm with clients and I kept coming back to that. I had to really focus on my clients that day because I just kept worrying about my son. And, uh, but you know, I'd work all day. I worked all day. I finally get out of work. I, I go pick him up from his, uh, it was at that point his after school program, because as those of you know who have kids, kindergarten is about one hour long. But anyway, so I, I go pick him up after school, and the whole time I'm thinking, oh my gosh. So I'd actually went and gotten him um, this little uh, Lego, small Lego toy thing, because he loved Legos at the time. I remember this. And uh, I showed up at school to pick him up. And I'm so happy. And I see him and he's all excited to see me. He comes running over, you know, he's five. He's still running to me. He's telling me how much he loves me. Give me a big hug. And I'm saying to him, Max, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about this morning. And I give, he is totally confused. My child is totally confused. And he looks at me and I said, you know, this morning we were fighting, nothing, zero big blank eyes. I'm giving him this little gift, you know, and he's all excited to have a present. He has no idea why he's getting a present. He has no no idea what his crazy mother is talking about. So I go all the way. I mean, I literally remind him of every little piece of the fight. And he sort of vaguely does remember at that point. He goes, oh yeah, yeah, I was upset. He kind of says, yeah, I was upset, right? And I said, yeah, you were really upset. You were crying. I'm so sorry. It's not a nice way to drop you off at school. That wasn't okay. And I can't even tell you how many other parents out there are laughing right now because Kids don't remember. They do not hold grudges. It is not in their being. It is not how their brains are. It is only as we get older that we hold on to things and we have what we call, again, old anger, which is this res- these resentments that we build up. When you think of that word resentment, think of re in the beginning of any word. What does that mean? Re means again. And that second part of resentment, sentiment, comes from to sense, makes sense, right? To sense, to feel. So really what you're saying, that word means to feel or sense something again, again being the operative word. It is something you've already had. So when something is happening in the moment, it's that you get upset about, you have resentment about, it's because it reminds you of something else. And we do tend to say things like, this always happens, so-and-so never, da-da-da, because we're talking about the past, not now. If you, I had a client the other night who came in with uh, groceries. You know, She comes in after work and all day, she's got all these groceries, she's got two boys at home and a husband who was home when she got home. And 
she says she's carrying in all these bags. Not one person asked to help her. No one ran to the door. No one tried to even open the door. No one said, are there any more groceries in the car? Can I help? Nothing, nothing. She got nothing. And she was furious. And it ended up being this huge fight between she and her husband. And when they came into the couple session, we were talking about it. And I said to her, you know, if this had been the very first time you ever walked in with groceries and no one helped you, you would have been annoyed. It wouldn't have made you happy, but you wouldn't have gotten ballistic over it, right? You, you know, you don't go crazy over it because it, there's no re yet. <laughs> You're just mad. You're just angry. And it would have come and it would have gone. And that's how it goes. It's, and it might be even that that was the first time she brought in the groceries and they didn't help. But if she went that ballistic, it's because it reminded her of other things she's done. When she does things and nobody offers to help her, when people treat her like the maid, when people, you know, just assume mom's got it and don't, don't try to help or their wife has it. That's, if you get that ballistic, if you're that mad that you're seething about something all day long, that's not anger, my friend. That's resentment. That's different. Now, I'm going to, talk to you about how you fix this in a minute, but there's also another emotion that gets confused with anger called rage. Rage is another one. And rage has a a special equation to it. Rage is actually, you would, like if you wrote this on the board, it would say rage equals anger plus helplessness. When those two things come together, you got rage. And helplessness is actually the really integral part of why resentment feels so crazy. Helplessness is the worst emotion, I think, one of the worst ones in the world. Helpless and hopeless, I I can't think of anything too much worse. It's that feeling that nothing will ever change, or no matter what I say, she's still X, or no matter what I do, he's still Y. It's that feeling of hopelessness and helplessness that overcomes us where we think nothing's ever going to change. No matter what we do, it doesn't matter. That's what gets us enraged. That's that feeling of resentment that nothing changes. Nothing changes. I've asked for help before with the groceries and nobody does it. I've said I don't like getting treated like the maid, but no one offers. It's that feeling. So feelings of anger come and go, but rage and resentment stay with you all day. That's how you know the difference. Now, a lot of clients will come to me and say they have an anger problem. I hear it all the time. People will come in. I've even had people refer just for anger. (laughs) They need some sort of anger intervention. And in the past, they were told things like, you know, count to 10, breathe through your feelings. There's all kinds of good stuff for dealing with anger. And I'm not saying those things aren't valid, but most of the time they don't work. And Or they don't work long-term for sure. And they don't work long-term because you're focusing on the wrong thing. You're focusing on the anger instead of on the helpless part. If you don't focus on the helpless part, nothing's going to happen. If you want to feel better and really change how you feel, you need to move your attention to the helpless feeling you're experiencing to that, you know, that gritted teeth, when you're just talking through your teeth like this, you can picture it, can't you, even though you're hearing this? That's the helpless feeling. That's just the frustration all coming out. Now, as luck and years of therapy uh, would have it, there's actually a quick and a very effective way to stop feeling helpless that I've learned over these years. It's awesome. And the, the way is to take action. That, that's the way you stop feeling helpless. There's no toys about it. You take action. If you want to stop feeling helpless, you need to take some action, no matter how small the step. If you just do one thing, you'll start to feel different because you start to feel empowered. Remember when you're so upset, 
about your, in this case, the husband not helping with the groceries or the son's not helping with the groceries, all of the focus is on them and what they're doing. All the focus is on or what they're not doing. And so you, you're completely powerless. You, you have nothing. They won't do what you need. They're not doing it. So I'm completely helpless and hopeless. And that's a bad way to be. But when I take an action, I empower myself because I'm focusing on me. I'm focusing on what I need to do. What can I do to change the situation? That I have control over. I have no control over these other people. I know, I know. I Trust me, I want to have control over everybody. I am a control enthusiast, as I often like to say, but I don't. You know, I can't do it. And this is probably my biggest wrestle every day. Now, let me give you another example. Let's say you're furious at your boss because, I'll say it's a he, because he's been treating you unfairly, Okay. Maybe he favors another coworker, or maybe he's just always riding your ass. You feel helpless because you need this job, and whenever you've tried to talk to him in the past, he shut you down. So he just, whatever you try, nothing has worked. So you have tried things, but they haven't worked. Well, you've tried to talk to him maybe, and, or, or however that is, and, and he hasn't come to you. you. Maybe you've tried to go to his boss, and they tell you to work it out with him, something like that. So now what you really are in this case is enraged. You start building resentments. If you focus on how angry you are at him and try those, you know, tools to stop anger, I'm going to count to 10 every time I go in the office, I'm going to breathe, you know, when I see him, it's not going to work long term. Like I said, it probably will work short term, but it won't work long term. Instead, you have to start taking action to deal with your feelings of helplessness. Now, this might mean investigating night classes you could take so you could get a degree and get another job. Now, the degree would take a while. You definitely feel better, though, once you start the process. Maybe you start looking for a new job in the classifieds or within your network of people. Maybe you start documenting all the things your boss does that are unfair. It's, it's in some way about taking an action to take your power back. All of these actions will change your mood. I'm not saying you won't still get angry, but you'll no longer feel quite so helpless. So you'll get mad, but it'll be more fleeting. It'll go away. It won't stay like you, like, with, like a cloud over you, you know, 24-7. It, it will move. In the end, the most important thing you can remember is that you feel the way you think. So I'm, I'm going to say that again because it's so important. It's going to lead us to the tool I'm going to talk about today. You feel the way you think. For a long time, people thought this was the other way around. They, you know, it was thought that you kind of caught a feeling about something and then you started to have all these kinds of thoughts about it. So I would you know, see someone and I'd fall in love with him and then I'd have all these great thoughts about this man. It's really the other way that I would already be thinking what, who this person was, what that meant, um, that I could get him or not get him or whatever all those feelings are, all those thoughts are. And that would in turn be how I felt. Now, I want you to think about something easy, like a, like a little kid seeing a spider for the first time. They'll, if a little kid sees a spider, they don't jump unless you do. They will play with it. They'll eat it. They'll rub it all over themselves. They, the spider is just a funny, tickly little thing. They don't think of it as a bad thing yet unless they've been taught to be afraid of it. Now, usually by a parent like me screaming when we see one unexpectedly, okay? But if you're, you know, Bindi Irwin, her dad, you might remember, was the late Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter, and was basically a lover of all beings with more than two legs or no legs, uh, then you never scream when you see a spider. You were taught they're cool, so your feelings follow that. That's how it works. So if you feel the way you think, then if you want to stop feeling angry or helpless, 
You need to change what you think or believe about whatever it is that's getting you so upset. Okay. So to accomplish this, I'm going to teach you one of, like I mentioned earlier, one of my all-time favorite tools that will absolutely help you shift from angry or enraged to calm. You know, maybe only a little annoyed since, since that will pass. It's not about seeing the world through rose-colored glasses, but it is about seeing the world through a different lens, through, through this other way of thinking. Now, this, what's this magical tool? <laughs> what is this thing? It's called Rational Emotive Therapy, or RET for short. And it was created by a brilliant man named Albert Ellis. Now, Ellis was considered by many to be the grandfather of cognitive behavioral therapies. And if you are in any kind of therapy right now or have been, you've definitely had what's called CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy. Well, Ellis is is one of the granddaddies. He founded RET in 1955, I'm going to say, if my memory serves. And his theory was revolutionary at the time. And maybe it's going to be revolutionary to you right now, as I'm telling you, but it's centered around the idea that individuals tend to think that what other people do or what happens to us causes our feelings. Someone's mean to me, makes me upset. Someone's nice to me, makes me happy. But what really makes us angry, sad, or glad is thinking angrily, sadly, or gladly about the things that happen to us. I want you to really let that sink in. <laughs> it's other, in other words, what we think or tell ourselves about an event makes us feel something, not the event itself. We feel the way we think about a situation or person. So I'm going to use a simple example to drive this point home. I want, I want to tell you about something I noticed in New York City traffic. So a lot of you know I'm from New York, and you know you, if you're walking around in New York City, uh, you'll see a lot of traffic. And one day I was on the east side of uh, 57th Street, needed to go back home to my place in Midtown. And the traffic was crazy and at a virtual standstill, not uh, unheard of in New York City. So I decided it was you know, a nice day for a walk, right? Going to walk across town a little bit. And I was wa- as I was walking on 57th Street, I noticed that some people were in their cars giving other people the finger, they're swearing, they're throwing their hands up and generally super pissed off and upset. Not a rare thing to see in New York, I'll tell you right now, but or anywhere in a big, you know, there's tons of traffic, but really crazy. Now, however, I also noticed other people in their cars quietly sitting, listening to music. I, I even saw one guy reading a book while eating a sandwich. Talk about someone who, be, who came prepared, right? Really funny. He's literally reading an open book because they're just sitting in gridlock. They're just sitting in this traffic, which is why I got out of the cab I was in and started walking. So what was Crystal clear to me is that it wasn't the traffic itself, right? Getting folks upset. Otherwise, everybody would be upset or everybody would be happy or everybody would be whatever. It's, it's the same traffic. People are even sitting in cars next to each other with one person screaming and one person eating an apple. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's their thoughts about the traffic that got them upset. Some people maybe weren't used to traffic or decided it was the worst thing ever and they were pissed. Uh, others clearly didn't have all those bad feelings about the traffic. Maybe they'd grown up in the city and learned to expect it, or maybe they were Zen masters. I don't know. But whatever the reason, some people were fine sitting in the traffic. It doesn't mean that they loved traffic. It just means they didn't have thoughts about it that got them upset. Maybe they were expecting traffic. They understood, oh, there's going to be traffic. Some people, it's amazing to me, and now I live in the Bay Area of California where there's tons of traffic. I, maybe, maybe I'm the traffic goddess. Maybe it just follows me. I don't know. Um, but I see people so upset in traffic, I just don't understand it. It's, it's something I expect to see. I expect to be in traffic. I don't expect to try to leave San Francisco at 4 o'clock on a Thursday <laughs> and not sit in traffic. I, I put it into my time. I understand I'm not going to get home in 10 minutes. It's, it's not going to happen. But I think some people do think it's going to happen. I think they do think they should get home quick. I, it's, there's just a craziness. So I also expect people to be rude. I expect them to cut me off. I expect them to try to, you know, uh, go around the outside. You know, we're all waiting in line in some queue for something and someone's going to come around the outside and, and cut into traffic. People do it. They look, I think they're kind of jerks, but I don't get really upset about it. I don't like it. Doesn't mean I love it. It annoys me for a moment often and then it passes. Then we, then I move on because again, I'm expecting that behavior. So Again, if the traffic was the issue, everyone would feel the same way about it. People feel differently about different things because they think differently about different things, you included. So, okay, let me get back to Ellis and his RET. Ellis came up with this awesome tool for addressing our thoughts so we could change our feelings, okay? Dress our thoughts so we could change our feelings. He called it the ABCD format. I, of course, am me, so I have broken down his process into more steps to make it super clear and easier to follow along. So I call mine the alphabet format because mine goes from A to G. <laughs> I have extra steps. I just I break down the steps differently. And let me say this. We're going to um, have this in the show notes, uh, the ABCD format, so you can download it, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this in the show notes as a separate thing. I have this, something special, a little gift for you, so you can listen right now, knowing that you can go to the show notes, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. This is uh, number 10 on anger, and you can download my alphabet format where I lay all this out, but let me tell you what it is. So the next time you're upset, here's what I want you to do. First, you're going to do A. So this is, again, the alphabet format. It's A, B, C, D, E, F, G, okay? So the A of that means you're going to look at the situation. A is for is the situation. You're going to write out the exact and specific situation or event you're having a feeling about. Uh, so we're talking about anger, so you'd write about whatever just made you angry. What's critical is to write only the facts, not your judgment about what happened, and this is easy to hear but hard to do. I'm going to tell you right now, I do this myself. I do the ABCD, EFG format often, and I have probably the hardest time with the situation. So for example, you might write down, my partner was angry with me when I arrived at the restaurant 20 minutes after I said I would be there. Okay, so that's a fact. You, If you said you were coming at 6 and you arrived at 6.20, 
that that's just the fact. I and my, I got there, and my partner was pissed. He 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 or she will say it's a he. I'm I'm a woman. I'll I'll speak like I'm me. He was mad. So you would not write. I was a little late to dinner, and my partner acted like a jerk. Do you see the difference? That's full of judgment. That's full of judgment what lateness is, a little late. Well, some people would say 20 minutes is very late. Other people would say it's a little late. That's all judgment. And he acted like a jerk is my judgment of him and his reaction to what happened. So instead of, you know, it was clear that he was angry when I arrived at the restaurant 20 minutes after I said, that's it. That's the fact. Do you see the difference there? Okay. So you write that down. This, by the way, I've timed myself doing this exercise. I just want to tell you, I've done this in a restaurant, which is funny. I've gone to the bar, asked for a napkin and a pen. And although waiters and waitresses and bartenders hate giving you their pens, but I have asked and returned it with like a dollar, um, <laughs> like a tip for thank you for the pen. I have done this. These days you can write this in your phone. I, I just find it easier to kind of write out. It just sort of helps me get out my feelings. I keep a notebook in my car for this occasion, a little, little pen and a notebook, small notebook, just a small one I can throw in my bag. Um, but depending on how you live or where you have things, what I will say is write this down. Don't just think it. If you have no choice, but to only think it, that's fine. But really try to write it down because you'll really see something different when you write it. Also, when you write, you use a different part of your brain and we really want to use all of our brain on this, but let me get back to what we're doing. So first thing you're going to write down that situation. Next, you're going to address B, which is your beliefs. So you write down what you think or tell yourself about the situation you just described in A, the situation you just said. What are your beliefs or thoughts about what happened? Now, if I stick with that example of my partner being angry because I was 20 minutes late to dinner at a restaurant, I might write down things like, uh, my partner is always looking for what I'm doing wrong. My, I'm sick of him always acting superior, making mountains out of molehills. Or I might be thinking, what the hell's wrong with me? Why can't I ever get anywhere on time? We can never have a nice time. He ruins everything with these snide remarks, right? These are all the thoughts or the beliefs I'm having. And trust me, these are running through your head. And it, or it might just be, oh, he's a jerk. I was only, you know, I was a little late and he's such a jerk. He's always blowing things up. Okay. Whatever it is that you think, you're going to write down. So, uh, oh, I'm sorry. And I was saying before that this takes about, when I've done this, it takes about 10 minutes when I do the whole exercise. So you, 10 minutes to feel better and different. And I've done it in less. I've done it in three or four minutes. Um, it's a small price to pay. I have to tell you right now is a small price to pay. I've actually, I don't smoke cigarettes, but I've actually told people I'm just going to go grab a cigarette. <laughs> and I didn't grab a cigarette cause I didn't smoke. And instead I went out and did this because people don't bother you if they think you're smoking. Um, but they'll bother you if they think you're writing down your feelings. So anyway, so now then you do your B C remember it's the A B C D E F G format. C is of the alphabet format is where we look at our feelings. When you think and believe these thoughts, my, my partner is always looking for what I'm doing wrong or why can't I ever get anywhere on time? When you're, when you're thinking these, how does that make you feel? How do you feel about the situation that happened? So you're going to take a moment and put yourself in the situation you've been describing about being late to the restaurant. Just do that right now. Really think about how you'd feel if you were having the thoughts I just talked about. My guess is you might feel uh, depressed, anxious, angry, helpless, hopeless, frustrated, uh, despondent, overwhelmed, annoyed, resentful, could be feeling any of those. Does that make sense? Okay. So, and then you just write down these feelings. So now you've got your situation, you have your beliefs about it, and now you have your feelings. So you're sitting there in your anger and your resentment and your, and your anxiety, right? You're just sitting there with that. 
Now we're getting to D, which is all about your reaction. If you were having those thoughts and, and then those feelings, how would you see the rest of your dinner going? Would it be fun and lighthearted or would you be preoccupied with these thoughts and all the things they remind you of, resentments, throughout the dinner? Not a good time. Not a good time, folks. You'd essentially be ruining your night over a bad comment. You, or it's not even a bad comment about a comment that you've perceived as bad. You know you've been there. Don't deny this. Okay. <laughs> You'd be having any number of negative reactions, which would result in another bad evening and a deepening of the negative cycle you have with your partner. So your reaction, just write down what your reaction is. Um, you know, I'm, 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 you know, so I'm feeling angry. I'm having these feelings. I'm feeling angry. And my reaction is maybe even to go. I might want to leave dinner. Um, I've already decided the whole night's ruined. I'm going to be pissy to him. I'm going to, I'm going to be withholding. I'm going to be, I'm going to have a lot of snide comments. Screw him. Right. Lovely. Now you're going to write down E and E is really important so it, it, because this is the dispute. In this step, you're going to dispute your beliefs, what you wrote down for B. You're going to go back to, that's why writing is really helpful for this. You're going to look back to B and you're going to see what you wrote. You need to ask yourself, and here's the big question you ask yourself, what else could be true about the situation or whatever happened? What else could be true? Not what else is true. We don't know what is true. We don't know the facts. We're, we're not neuro physicists or whatever are going to, you know, break down the universe to figure out what the exact facts are. This is not it. It's what else could be true. In a world where anything is possible, what else could be true about this situation? So in this example we've been using, you might say to yourself, um, my partner's angry with me because they want to know their priority in my life and showing up late doesn't show that. So how could I make them feel like a priority for the rest of the meal? You could say to yourself, what else could be true? I definitely have too much on my plate lately. I'm only human and it's time to let some things go so I can live a more calm life and get places on time. You, what else could be true? My partner must really love me or they wouldn't be angry that I'm late. They'd be happy. They'd never spend so much more time with me if they hated me, right? Uh, what else could be true? How would I feel if my partner was always late to things they plan with me? I think I'd feel sad and like I wasn't important to them. I don't want to make my partner sad, so I'm going to work on this. Any of these things could also be true. And now you're getting to something and you're ready for the F in the alphabet format. We're almost done, almost done with the A, B, C, D, E, F, G, which is where you identify your new feelings. So if you were to suspend judgment and truly believe, truly believe these new thoughts you just wrote down, how would you be feeling? So you'd write down your new feelings, believing these new truths, quote unquote, right? You, you might notice new emotions, like now I'm feeling patience, maybe calmness, sad, sadness could be there, uh, thoughtfulness, love, kindness, concern, motivation, willingness, openness, any of those is usually what comes up. And at this point, you're at the end of the alphabet format. You start with A and writing down the exact situation that got you upset, minus the judgment, then you noted your B beliefs or thoughts about the situation. Next, you looked at C, your feelings that go along with whatever those beliefs were. The next step was D, where you wrote down your reactions to those thoughts and feelings. After that, you had your E or dispute about your beliefs. You went back to your B beliefs and you said, what else could be true? And then you wrote down your F, which was to suspend judgment and choose to believe these new thoughts, choose to believe what else could be true that you identified in this dispute. And if you believe them, what new feelings were you having? So now you're having these new feelings. Again, 
every time I do this, I feel calmer. I feel more compassionate. Patience is probably the first thing I notice. It just helps me step back. Again, it's not like I suddenly think the world is full of puppy dog tails and rainbows and I'm suddenly going, oh, I love my partner. He's the best. Instead though, I can step back and not be so caught up in what's going on. And that's really what's what I want because remember that helpless feeling? I no longer feel helpless. I no longer feel like a victim to my emotions. I no longer feel like, oh, I'm just, there's nothing I can do. I can't help it. There's nothing I can do. So it's so important. Now, this brings us to the final step, the last step in the alphabet format or your, your G, which is all about action. The last thing is action, right? What did I say in the beginning? That, that to, to really shift, you got to take action. So you're ready now to act, not react. Remember that re again? <laughs> in the beginning of a word means again. React. When you react to something, it means you're acting again as you've acted before. So when I say I want you to act, not react, I mean I want you to come up with a new action, something else, not react, not the same action you've taken over and over in the past. By the way, that's had you the worst results, right? Over and over. We don't want that. So because you're ready to have a new outcome instead of getting stuck in those same old self-defeating patterns. If you were to believe these new thoughts and feel these new feelings of love and concern, what would be your new action? Okay, so you'll now write down two new actions you're going to take to improve your situation. In the, in the scenario of being 20 minutes late to your dinner date, you might say that your first new action is to set the reminder on your phone for at least 10 minutes earlier than you think you need to leave for your next dinner. So you'll actually be a few minutes earlier or at least on time for your next date. You could also write down that you're going to make a list of two things you're grateful for about your partner every day for a week to put you in a different mindset in the relationship. So realize it doesn't have to be just that thing right there because at the end of the day, if I just don't get upset if I am late, but I don't get upset about my partner's reaction to being late, I, I can still have a good time. I can still make this go well. So getting in a different mind frame about my partner is clear. The bottom line is you think you know, but you don't know. You don't know. I know you think you do. You don't. You're so sure you're right, but this idea that there's only one objective truth in any situation isn't true or where your focus needs to be. If two people see a car accident from two different vantage points, it's very possible and happens all the time that they'll have two different stories about the accident. And one might be positive that it was driver A's fault, while the other is just as sure it was driver B's fault. Who's right? Remember that you really don't know everything or what every person is going to say or do, and you have to be open to other possibilities. I talk a lot about being correct or effective. You have a choice. You, if you've heard me before, you know I say this. I don't care how right you are that your partner shouldn't get so upset that you're a few minutes late for dinner. You'd be right all day. But is it effective? Are you going to have a fun date night? Are you going to have some rock star sex later? Are you going to feel close, intimate, connected? No. So you got to get over what you think is so true and right. What is What they must do, what they should, quote unquote, be doing. Just stop. It's not helping. So you, again, could be right that your partner shouldn't be so uptight that you're a little late to dinner, but again, is that being effective? It's time to stop focusing on the right and the wrong. If you want to have an awesome night out, effective, <laughs> focusing on how wrong they are isn't going to get you there. So I use the alphabet format for any feeling that comes up that I'm struggling with. I think resentment, anger, 
probably the most common one I need to use it for, but also it also works for forgiveness, depression, anxiety, you name it. If there's an unwanted feeling you're having, the alphabet format, this ABCDEFG tool is awesome and can have you thinking and feeling differently right away, which is really what you want at the end of the day. So again, I'm going to have this as a download because uh, I think it's so important. I think it's such a great tool for you at, again, the website, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. This is uh, number 10, all about anger. And if you are looking for other resources or anything else, you can look at the website, abbymedcalf.com. You can definitely shoot me an email. I love getting them, abby at abbymedcalf.com with any ideas you have for future podcasts, any guests you'd like to see on the show, whatever that is, I'd love to hear from you. And you can always comment right on the website about what you found helpful or what you'd like to see more of or less of. (laughs) These are all great information so I can continue to bring you content that really matters, that really changes your life. You don't have a lot of free time in a day. I get that. It's amazing that you're listening right now. I want to make every single podcast so valuable that every time you walk away thinking, oh my gosh, that was the best thing for me to hear today. That's always my goal. So getting your input is the way I achieve that goal. And I really appreciate all of you who already have written in and have been giving me feedback. It's, I I really appreciate it more than I can say. It's, it's wonderful. And I feel so grateful for all the folks that are in my tribe, in my community. Uh, I love, just love being in it with you. So that's it for today. I will see you on the next broadcast. And in the meantime, check your anger. All right. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.